This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Hallelujah. We're going to begin our word portion of the service today. Hallelujah. We're going to be coming out of Exodus, the 13th chapter and the 17th verse. Hallelujah. Exodus 13 and 17. What's going on here is that the children of Israel, amen, had experienced uh, the Passover, amen, where uh, the deaf angel passed over, hallelujah, their uh, abodes, where they lived, amen, because of the blood, amen, hallelujah, recognized that a death had occurred, amen, and this pointed forward, amen, what Christ would do, amen, at the cross, hallelujah, glory to God. And now here, God is having Moses to prepare them, amen, to exit Egypt, amen, and depart on a journey, amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, amen, so it may read differently uh, from your uh, version of the Bible, amen. So Exodus 13, 17, hallelujah, from the Amplified Version, and it reads, so it happened when, the f- when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearer. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war. That is, they will, there will be war and return to Egypt. So God didn't want that to happen. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. The sons of Israel went up in battle array, orderly ranks, marching formation, out of the land of Egypt. So we all are familiar with the story. and We've all seen the Ten Commandments, amen, many times. Hallelujah. And it's about to come on again uh, as we are approaching Resurrection Sunday. Amen. But we're going to talk about a journey today. We're going to look at the specifics, many of the specifics, not all of them, because it would be very exhaustive to to go into every specific. We're going to look at many of the specifics surrounding the children of Israel's journey, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, and see what nuggets we can get out of that, amen, for our own lives, hallelujah. So next slide, hallelujah. So today's message is journey of grace, journey of grace, hallelujah. We're going to see all the happenings to the children of Israel during this journey, this journey of grace hallelujah won't you join me amen as i pray amen over our word service today father god we come before you in the matchless name of jesus we thank you and praise you for our worship service and now father god as we transition into your word lord god you've given me a task that's far far too great for me you are the preacher you are the teacher teach today preach today like never before unveil today fill your people with your word your spiritual nourishment to overflowing lord god in the name of jesus impact those that don't know you yet by your word unveil your son through your word we won't fail to give you all the praise the glory and the honor because you do all things well in jesus's name somebody say amen. amen journey of grace That is our message today. Amen. Journey of grace. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. First, we're going to look at grace in the face of bitter murmuring and complaining. I don't know about you, but I have to admit, amen, there's been many days of murmuring and complaining. I've involved myself even after being a Christian. So I can't beat these people up. All right. We're going to go next slide to Exodus 15 and 22. I'm still in the Amplified version. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here we go. Hallelujah. Starting in verse 22, it says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. So this is after the account where the Red Sea was open and the, uh, God defeated the Egyptians finally, Egyptian chariots and the, and the soldiers finally, amen. So this is after that account, all right? And they went a distance of three days, about 30 miles into the wilderness, and found no water. Then they came to Marah. But they could not drink its waters because they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. Verse 24 says, next slide, please. The people grew discontented and grumbled at Moses. It's human nature. When we don't get our ways, we start to mumble and complain, especially against leadership. Whether it's at work, whether it's in church, whether it's political, whatever, whatever it is. Human nature, which is fallen, we must understand that. I have a human nature, amen, that is fallen, amen. Thank God for the divine nature by way of the Holy Spirit, amen, hallelujah, where Paul talks about the, uh, the flesh, lust of against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's a battle going on within all of us as believers. They didn't have a battle. It was just they didn't have, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So it was just hallelujah flesh. Human nature. The people grew discontented and grumbled at Moses saying, what are we going to drink? Then he cried to the Lord. So he didn't look to anybody else. He looked to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a tree, a branch of which he threw into the waters and the waters became sweet. There the Lord made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. What's happening here? Amen. Human nature came you know, God had done all these miracles. He'd done these ten plagues. He'd, he'd freed the Israelites from Egypt from being slaves for hundreds of years. And when they don't get water, they start to complain. Yet what does God do? He, he leads Moses. To see a tree, whether it be a, a, a literal tree or a tree that God manifested, that's, that's, that's up for debate, amen, among scholars. Hallelujah. But our Lord and Savior hung on a tree. He took our sins, amen, and made it all sweet. Hallelujah. This tree was symbolic of Jesus being crucified at the cross, amen. Hallelujah. God had... Moses put this tree, amen, into the bitter waters and the waters became sweet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's grace prevailed in the midst of murmuring and complaining. Amen. I would have just said, boom. Y'all are gone. You're ungrateful. Can't stand y'all. That's what I would have done in my flesh. But God, being a God of mercy and grace, gave us a picture of Christ. In the midst of their complaining. Amen. Hallelujah. God's better than you know, saints. God's better than you know. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. See, as a preacher, amen, my reaction would have been rebuke the people. It's my human nature dominating me. Amen. Let's rebuke the people, you ingrates. But that's not what God did. He gave them a picture of Christ. That tree represented the cross. And it made the water sweet, just like Christ has made our lives sweet. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Amen. Next, we're going to look at grace, the grace of provision. Hallelujah. As we look at another account of the children of Israel, they've taken their journey. They left Egypt, and now they're in the wilderness. We just read about the, the experience of Mara, the bitter water. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go next slide. The verse uh, 16, um, chapter 16 of Exodus. We're going to read from verse 1. Hallelujah. It reads, they set out from Elam. Elam was like the oasis after Mara. There were a bunch of trees and, and, and um, water that was, it, it was nice and everything like that. It was an oasis in the middle of the desert. So they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, hmm. which is between Elam and Sinai. And the 15th day of the second month after they left the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of Israelites grew discontented and murmured, and rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. It is human nature. Like I said, it me included. I'm not excluding myself. Amen. I'm human like everybody else. Amen. When we don't get our way to start to murmur and complain, especially against leadership. This is not a message about the church rebelling and murmuring and complaining against me. This is a, this is a, uh, a, a look at the human condition amen hallelujah and how they reacted and then how god reacted amen hallelujah glory to god next slide please verse three and the israelites said to them would that we had been would that we had died in the hand of the lord in the land of egypt they got really dramatic here and when we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full, hallelujah, it is human nature to look back to the past like it was all better than what God has for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I used to party. I used to get down. I used to do all these things before I got saved. Hallelujah. You were also depressed. You also had people betray you. Amen. You were also, amen, had your life in danger. Amen. You also, amen. Hallelujah. Had all these terrible things. Hallelujah. But somehow when we look to the past, we only think about the good, the past before God. We only think about the good things. It's human nature. It's not just the Israelites here. It's human nature. Hallelujah. When we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full, although they, they neglect that they were slaves. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this entire assembly with hunger. Why would Moses leave his comfortable life on the backside of the desert? He had his wife, had his children, had his life, and then come there and kill all the Israelites. Uh, this, is, this is how human nature operates. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will cause bread to rain from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day so that I may test them to determine whether or not they will walk obediently in my instruction or law. So once again, they murmured, they complained, they accused Moses and Aaron of wanting to kill them. They, they, they 
uh, looked favorably upon their time in Egypt, even though God had done all these things to get them out of Egypt. Yet God's reaction to them is to provide for them manna from heaven. I remember reading this, amen, years ago. I'm like, why is God being so patient with these folks? They ain't no good. Get them, God. I thought everything, I thought the answer to everything was God, get them. God, show them. God, teach them a lesson. It's not how God operates. We are seeing the nature of God. We are seeing how our God is. We are seeing the patience of God. The mercy of God in their story, in their journey. Next slide, please. Rock of our salvation. Hallelujah. Next slide after that. Exodus 17. We're going to start at verse 1. Hallelujah. It says, Then all the congregation of the children of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. But there was no water for the people to drink. There's that water again. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water so that we may have something to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why, don't you why do you tempt the Lord and try his patience? Should have said he really should have spoke about himself. Why are you trying my patience? <laughs> but the people were thirsty for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? There they go again. There they go. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. That's what I mean. Lord, help me. You've given me these people. Help me. <laughs> Saying, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Let me stop here for a second. Leaders, leaders, whatever you're leading in, whether you're leading secularly, whether you're leading in the church, amen, hallelujah. A part of leadership is dealing with the human nature of those that are underneath you. That's just a part of the deal. Amen. Our human nature in response to them would to be make them try to make them submit and make them follow what I have to say. And, 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 and get meaner the more they complain. That, that, that's where the church has failed over the years. Because we as leaders have not, hallelujah, understood how our God was. We simply responded according to our human nature. As I was reading these years ago, my human nature was really upset and I was wanted God to get him. But I didn't see the greater uh, uh, nature of God to be patient and merciful with the people because he understood they were but flesh. Hallelujah. As we look at this with a different perspective, we don't focus so much on what the people are doing. We focus on what God is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God says to him, pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb. I will stand before you. Hallelujah. There you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may have something to drink. And Moses did 
So in the sight of the elders of Israel, he named the place where the miracle occurred Massa or test and Meribah contention because of the quarreling of the sons of Israel and because they tested the patience of the Lord saying, is the Lord amongst us, among us or not? What is happening here? Many of you heard this before, so it won't be new to you. Amen. But when Moses struck the rock, it was symbolic of Christ being struck at the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And water coming out is symbolic of the living water. Hallelujah. Of the life of Christ. Hallelujah. That sustains us. Amen. As Christians. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Once again, God was pointing to Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. During this situation. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ. Hallelujah. Was the answer once again. Hallelujah. Christ was the symbolic answer. Amen. At, at the waters of bitterness, hallelujah, where the tree was placed into the water, amen. Christ was the answer, amen, when the people were hungry, when the manna came from heaven. Christ is the bread from heaven, amen. And Christ, hallelujah, is that living water, hallelujah, that quenches our spiritual thirst, amen, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Content in these three incidences, amen, hallelujah, God continually, hallelujah, pointed to a symbol Hallelujah, that represented Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I, I, I need to stop here for a second. My breakthrough in understanding the Bible came when I stopped seeing the symbolism as mostly being about the Holy Spirit. Because that was a teaching that was popular in the 80s and the 90s. And that the symbolism of the Bible, the Bible is about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That even the living waters that are ministered to us by way of the Holy Spirit represent the life of Christ flowing in our lives. The cleansing that Christ uh, sacrificed, hallelujah, has provided for us. The continual cleansing and the life of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So all three instances I read to you, amen, hallelujah, God responded with grace. They didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. They didn't merit it. But God gave them a good solution to their problems, even when they complained. So let, let me say this too, amen. It's not for us to complain, hallelujah, go out of our way and intentionally complain to manipulate God to him to do something. That's not, what, that's not the message here. The message here is God's response to our fallen human nature. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. The covenant of the law. Hallelujah. We know what happened in Sinai, amen. They made a covenant or an agreement. Now, covenant, amen, for those of us that don't know or need to be reminded, is a binding agreement between two parties, amen, hallelujah, that is locked in place by blood, amen. Covenant means to cut. It means that everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. Whether you know it or not, or whether you agree with it or not, amen. Those of you that are married, everything that is yours is your spouse's, and everything that is your spouse's is yours. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. You may say, Pastor Brown, get off that subject right now. But that's what a covenant is. And we as modern people really don't operate according to covenants. We don't. We don't think about it. We don't care about it. I'll be honest with you. When I got married, I didn't know about any covenant. But I was entering into a covenant. Amen. And this is how God operates. Amen. Whether we like it or not. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. 
I'm reading from Exodus 24, verses 3 through 5 to start, and I'm going to continue reading. Excuse me. Then Moses came and told the people everything that the Lord had said and all the ordinances. Amen. So this is at the account of uh, chapter 19 of Exodus where uh, God appeared to Moses and the people. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God and prepared them for the Ten Commandments. In chapter 20, he spoke the Ten Commandments and so on and so forth. So this is afterwards. Amen. Uh, let me continue reading. And all the people answered with one voice, everything the Lord has said we will do. Now, I just gave you three scriptures where they were murmuring and complaining and wishing to go back to Egypt. How do we go from that extreme to now everything the Lord says we will do? They were banking on their own righteousness and we could see they were not righteous. Let me continue. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Then he got up early in the morning and built an altar for worship at the foot of the mountain, Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. Let me say this too. Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb are the same place. All right. It goes back and forth in scripture. All right. Hallelujah. At the foot of the mountain and the 12 pillars and he, uh, with 12 pillars, he put 12 pillars there, memorial stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Next slide, please. Verse six. Moses took half of all the blood and put it in a large basin and the other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Amen. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. And they said everything. They said, Once again, everything that the Lord has said, we will do. They also said this in chapter 19. I didn't read that. And we will be obedient. So Moses took the blood which he had placed in the large basins and sprinkled it on the people. Covenant. Mm -hmm. Blood being sprinkled. Amen. On the people ratifying the covenant. What covenant? The old covenant. Amen. The covenant of law. Hallelujah. It said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. They had voluntarily entered into the covenant of law. The Ten Commandments. I did not read from chapter 20 or chapter 19. Amen. But they had voluntarily entered into a covenant and had it ratified by the blood of goats and bulls. Or bulls, it said specifically in the scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. Covenant broken. We're taking a look at this journey of grace. What happened with the children of Israel in the wilderness. It's a journey. It's a journey of grace. But now they've entered to a covenant of law. What's going on? Broken covenant. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Verse 32, verse 1. Exodus 32, verse 1. I'm reading from the Amplified again. And it reads, now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, so Moses was, went up on the mountain, amen, for 40 days. So sometime in that span of time, 40 days is like a month and 10 days. All right. They gathered together before Aaron and said to him, come, make us a God who will go before us. Their thinking broke the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
in a month and 10 days. These people who said, all that you say, we will do. In a month and 10 days, change their mind. Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. I'm going to jump down to verse 7 now. Next slide. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down at once for your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Didn't say anything about the devil. It says they have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molten calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. They are giving credit to a molten calf for freeing them from Egypt. After a month, and a, it's not even a month and a half because it was at some time when Moses was up on the mountain. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people and behold, they are a stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people. Hallelujah, my God, hallelujah. Next slide, please. Consequence of breaking God's old covenant law. They broke the first one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They broke the first one by building that molten calf. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. It's verse 26 of chapter 32. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi, the priestly tribe, gathered together to him. He said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. So these are not his thoughts. He said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Every man strap his sword on his thigh and go back and forth from gate to gate throughout the camp. And every man kill his brother. Uh-oh. That's in the Bible? That is in the Bible. Bible's not a G-rated book. <laughs> it's got some graphic scenes in there. This is a graphic scene. And every man his friend. So kill your brother, kill your friend, and every man his neighbor, and all who continue pagan worship. Let me stop here for a second. There was no deliverance during the old covenant period. There, there was no lay hands on somebody and somebody get free. It, it, it's, they made a decision, and the only, especially under the law, the only solution was for them to die. I, I want you to take this into consideration, amen, when you're clinging on to the law. When you, you know, listen, the law is holy, it's just as good. Paul says that in chapter 7 of Romans but is an inflexible standard. It's called the ministry of death. The scriptures also say the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. This is a literal killing here, hallelujah, of those that continued in pagan worship even after Moses came back down the mountain. Because what could have happened is the whole camp could have become pagan worshipers and nobody would have made it into the promised land. A little sin, a little leaven, leaven if the whole lump. 
Sin spreads. Complaining spreads. Murmuring spreads. It's like a virus. And we are living through a pandemic where if we had all as a country abided by the CDC guidelines, we would not have half a million people dead at this point. But we all want to do what we want to do. It's human nature. That despite better options being presented to you, human nature is self-destructive in nature. As a teenager, I was on a self-destructive path. Rejected God, run away from God. My mother saved. My mother's in church four days a week. She's blessed. She sees miracles. I had a miracle in my own life. Amen. I was healed of a learning disability as a child. But despite all that, I was attracted to sin. Human nature. Saints, don't trust your own nature. Scripture says this. This is not me. He that followeth his heart is a fool. But he that followeth after wisdom shall be delivered. Here's a bold statement. I don't trust myself. I'm not telling you to not trust me if we have a good relationship and stuff like that. But you're not really trusting me. You're trusting the God in me. Real quick, I, 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 had, a, I had an incident recently and God was telling me one thing and I was like I don't know if I can do it I can't do it I know me I know my nature I know I'm going to explode in this situation I know me and I had to finally and this is me as pastor of the church Lord I don't trust myself and when, and when I said that that's when he can have his way in me and I had a good day with that situation because God had his way not my own nature I, I it's, it's not working it up and making it happen and, and, and I'm just going to do the right thing. It's, you know, Jesus, just like Moses cried out to God for help. I cried, Lord, you help me. I can't do it. So you know if you got a temper. You know if you have tendencies that keep leading to self-destructive behavior. Amen. It's just a place you get to where it's like, I can't do it. Lord, you help. So in that place, in my weakness, he's made strong. Hallelujah. So in that place, hallelujah, is victory. It's a place of victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We can't expect any more from these Israelites, amen, than what they were. They, they were flesh. We can't expect it from ourselves. We need God's help, just like Moses called on God for help. Amen. So let me finish reading this here. So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed, and about 3,000 men of the people of Israel were killed that day. Wow. Then Moses said to the Levites, dedicate yourselves today to the Lord, for each man has been, been against his own son and his own brother in his attempt to escape execution so that he may restore and bestow his blessing on you this day. Talking about God's blessing. Hallelujah. This is as a result of their rebellion against God and Moses. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. Verse 35 of the same chapter 32. So the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they had done with the calf, which Aaron had made for them. So not only were 3,000 slain by the sword, where there was kind of a civil war amongst the Israelites, God also struck them with a plague. 
My God. Next slide, please. But this brings a question to me. Why were the people not punished before they reached Mount Sinai? When they complained at the bitter waters. When they complained about no food. When they complained that there was no water in the desert. Says why, why, why were the people not punished before they reached Mount Sinai? And why were they severely judged for their sins after, re, re, that's a spell check error again, after reaching the holy mount? Why, why, what's, why the contrast? Why did we see God act one way as they left Egypt and they got to Mount Sinai and another way after they were at Mount Sinai where 3,000 are killed, where the Levites kill 3,000 people and then God strikes them with a plague. What is, what is the, what's the difference here? What happened? Let's take a look, amen. Let's go to, next slide please. Verse 17, Genesis 17 and 1. This is the account where Abram makes a covenant with God. Genesis 17 and 1. We're headed somewhere. Thank you for hanging with me. Hallelujah. As I build hallelujah to a crescendo here. Amen. Hallelujah. This, this, this narrative that's happening on this journey of grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 17 and 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty or El Shaddai. Walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. I will establish my blameless and complete in obedience. I mean, uh, I will establish my covenant, excuse me, everlasting promise between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly through your descendants. Then Abram fell to on his face in worship and God spoke with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And as a result, you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of, of a multitude. For I will make you the father of many nations and I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make and I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Next slide, please. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generation. So his covenant is not just between him, uh, between God and a Abraham, hallelujah. It's bet between God and his descendants after him through your generations for an everlasting, everlasting, everlasting means unending covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger Moving from place to place. That's what Abram did during his life. He moved from place to place. Hallelujah. He was, a, uh, he was migrant in his movements. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, and I will be their God. Oh, I skipped it. All the land of a Canaan and everlasting possession of property, and I will be their God. Further, God said to Abraham, as for you and, and your part of the agreement, you shall keep and faithfully obey the terms of my covenant. You and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is the sign of my covenant, which you shall keep and faithfully obey between me and me and you and your descendants after you. 
Every male among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be for a sign, a symbol, a memorial of the covenant between me and you. Every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations, including a servant, whether born in the house or one who is purchased with your money from a, any foreigner who is not of your descendants. So what, what is happening here? Why did I read that? Saints of the Most High God, visitors, those of you that are online. The reason that the children of Israel were not punished by God on their journey between Egypt and Mount Sinai, where they complained at the Red Sea. I didn't read that today. Where they complained, amen, at the bitter waters of Marah. Where they complained, amen, about not having any food to eat. And he promised, and God promised them manna from heaven. Hallelujah. Where they complained at the, in the wilderness and, and Moses struck the rock and water flowed out. Hallelujah. Because they were under the covenant of their forefather, Abraham which was a covenant of grace. God, Abraham believed God. God credited to him as righteousness. They were under a covenant of grace. He did not punish them because he was showing them his grace, his mercy, because of their forefather, Abraham. So here we're talking about circumcision. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blood is a big thing in the Bible. And the circumcision was, it's, it's not about so much the circumcision or the cutting of the skin, the foreskin from the male reproductive organ. It's about the blood that was supplied for the covenant. The blood of Abraham and his male descendants would be the blood or the sign or the seal of the covenant. Saying, I follow the covenant of Abraham that he made with God. Now, we as New Testament believers, hallelujah, it was not our blood. It was the blood of Jesus. Amen. So whether you was a male, you're circumcised or uncircumcised, we're under the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the blood of the covenant. Hallelujah. So why weren't they punished? Because they were under a covenant of grace. But why were they punished? Amen. After Sinai, because they willingly put themselves under a covenant of law. They went from a covenant of grace. Where they murmured and they complained and God blessed them to now a covenant of performance where I must perform acts of righteousness in order to get blessed. They blew it after a month and 10 days. Hallelujah. And worshiped and built and worshiped a God of gold and said, this God, this cow God delivered us from Egypt. And because they were now under a covenant of performance that God blesses them. Based in on the performance, hallelujah. Once you fail in one part of the law, you are guilty of all the law and you must die. I'm just trying to be holy, brother pastor. Why are you getting mad at me? I just want to follow the teachings that I've been taught when I've been growing up in the church. Saints of the Most High God, I'm here today. My purpose as a minister, my purpose as a pastor, amen, hallelujah, after years of being taught the same way you've been taught, amen, that the revelation has finally been granted to me and God wants me to share it with you. 
that we want to be like the children of Israel from their time between Egypt and Sinai and not from their time from Sinai, amen, all the way up to Christ. Because human nature, the, 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 the human nature is at enmity with God. It can't obey God. We tell ourselves we do. We bring down the standards to our level. Well, I can't quite handle that, but if I bring it down here, I can handle that. No, God's law is up here. And it's an inflexible standard that if it's not obeyed perfectly 24 hours a day, you're guilty of them all. 3,000 people died as a result. I'd rather have the journey of grace. Amen. Next slide, please. New covenant of grace. We're going to go to Hebrews 8 and 7. Hallelujah. We don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. There's money, much controversy about it. Amen. Some say Paul. Some say others. I, but hallelujah. Whoever this person was, amen, he was writing to an audience of Hebrews. What is this person saying to them? Hallelujah. Hebrews 8, starting at verse 7. Here goes the reading of God's word. It says, for if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for a second one or an attempt to institute another one, the new covenant. Talking about the old covenant that the children of Israel made at Mount Sinai. However, God finds fault with them, showing its inadequacy when he says, behold, the days will come, says the Lord, when I will make, a make and ratify a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. This is verse 9. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. That's, it gives us that understanding that he's talking about. Hallelujah. The covenant at this point in time with it, that they made at Sinai. All right. For they, had, for, for they did not abide in my covenant. And so I withdrew my favor and disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their minds, even upon their innermost thoughts and understanding. And I will grave them upon their hearts, affecting their regeneration. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Next slide, verse 11. And it will not be necessary for each one to teach his fellow citizen or reach one, one of his brothers, saying no by experience or have knowledge of the Lord. For all will know me by experience and have knowledge of me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful and gracious towards their wickedness. That's what he did between, Sinai, between Egypt and Sinai. And I will remember their sins no more. Next slide, please. Next verse. When God speaks of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. The old covenant made at Mount Sinai is now obsolete or no good anymore and whatever is becoming obsolete out of use annulled canceled and growing old is ready to disappear my god last slide amen as we wind this up conclusion amen like the nation of israel when god led them out of egypt we as modern christians are on a journey of grace we have our up days. We have our challenging days. We murmur. We complain. We get frustrated. We get mad at our bosses. We get mad at our spouses. 
We get mad at people in our lives. We get mad at our pastor. We have our ups and downs. We complain. We murmur. We complain about our station in life. If only this, if only that, if I had this, if I had that. Look at my cousins. Look at my friends. They got this. They got that. Hallelujah. We forget about all God has done for us, how he's washed us of all our sins and blessed us in so many ways in the past and kept us from danger seen and unseen. Yet he continues to bestow his grace upon our lives. We are all on a journey of grace. We've all, excuse this term, acted a fool at some point. And God has reacted towards us, or not reacted, God has responded to us with his grace. Yeah, there's been times he's corrected us. Yeah, there's been times he showed us a more excellent way. And there's been times he's reminded us who we truly were. So know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Yes, he's done all that. Hallelujah. And yes, we've been through our tests and our trials to try to show us, hallelujah, a better way, hallelujah. But we're on a journey of grace. Let us learn to depend on God's grace and not on our own self-efforts to prove ourselves righteous, which always leads to rebellion. When you try to prove yourself righteous and live religiously, it will always lead to rebellion. Saints, I'm only saying this because it's true, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up. We have all experienced church where we had high emotions, and nothing's wrong with that, and we had all this, and holiness, and do this, and all that. But behind the scenes, there was great sin going on. Because as human beings, you only have a limited amount of will. Will is like a container. Got a limited amount of will. So I, 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 could, I could act right in church. But after all this is spent and I'm outside, then, then, then I have no more will to give. And I'm living a life of rebellion, of a life of contradiction. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Great struggles. Well, we try to be religious pleasing to God. Lord, I want to get to heaven and say that you're well pleased with me. It's pride in the flesh. There is no good thing in the flesh. Hallelujah. Except for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let us learn to depend on God's grace and not on our own self-efforts to prove ourselves righteous, which always leads to rebellion. Grace flowed in the lives of the children of Israel between Egypt and Sinai, and the people were blessed. Let it flow in your life and enjoy it. Let it lead you to all the precious promises that God has in store for your life. Journey of grace. See, God was even tested them during the journey of grace. Can they handle walking in this grace life? Okay, they proved that they could not handle grace. They are calling for law. Let me give them the law. And the first thing they do is rebel against the first commandment. Hallelujah. Let's go on this journey. We're on the journey of grace. 
I didn't believe what I believe now in the past. I, it was an evolution for me. It was growing. God re- revealed himself to me over the years. I've been through my great highs and my great lows. I've had my depression. I've had my suicidal thoughts. I've been on this journey of grace as God through it all, through the narrative of my life and your life, amen, has taught me, has taught you, amen, hallelujah, who he really is. He's given you a more excellent way. We're on a journey of grace. So let me say this. Please stop being so hard on yourself. I'm not, don't put your head in the ground and act like everything you did was just beautiful and wonderful, hallelujah. You know, understand or recognize the reality of your fallen, uh, the fallen nature that you deal with. But also understand that don't beating yourself up won't change anything. That that's the time it's time to call out to God for help. Amen. When you've come to the end of yourself, God, I can't do it. Stop defending those ways that don't line up with his word. Like I told you that little story, amen. I, I knew I couldn't do it. I was going to flip on somebody. So there was no strength in me to stop my habitual hate behavior. The strength was in him. And that's when I was in a place to be blessed. Amen. So we're on a journey of grace. A journey of grace. And it's a wonderful journey. It's got his mountaintops. It's got his valleys. But God's leading us to the promised land. Hallelujah. Well, imagine if they had received his grace and continued to walk in the uh, covenant of Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant, amen, hallelujah, and got to the promised land, all of them, the first generation, hallelujah, instead of the first generation having to die in the wilderness. Here's a bold statement. If we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, we've got to put away the ways of Egypt, the ways of religion, and we've got to look to him on this journey of grace. If we're going to be all, we're going to fulfill all that God has us to fulfill as a church and individuals, it's a journey of grace. Because if we stop, amen, and go back to the old ways of doing things, because that's all we know, we're going to be stuck in the wilderness. And I don't know about you, I've been in this wilderness far too long. I've I've been walking around this wilderness far too long. I've been walking in this circle far too long. I want to be a part of the generation that gets all that God wants to give me. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So if you see me doing things, you see God leading me in ways that are unfamiliar to you or, or, or go against how you're used to doing it, know that it's God. In my nature, I want to be a people pleaser. I want to make everybody happy. But that's not the way. I've discovered in leadership, whether in church or on my job, amen, everybody's not going to be happy all the time. And I got to be okay with that. And let God have his way. Hallelujah. Everybody's not going to be happy with your decisions, but let God have his way. Why? Because this is a journey of grace. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Listen, real quick, amen. Hallelujah. 
you've heard this message, you were impacted by this message, amen, you want to be on a journey of grace with God as opposed to trying to keep a set of laws to please him, hallelujah, glory to God, we hear all the time, I'm a good person, I do right, why isn't God blessing me, amen, listen, really, hallelujah, none has done good, no, no one is good, amen, we have all fallen short of the glory of God, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, so, but now God is reaching out to you, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, Hallelujah. If you would like to join the family of God that is done through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where you can be on a journey of grace, not a journey of good performance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A, a journey of unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor or goodwill from God towards you. Amen. If that's you, please say these words with me and join the family of God. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe that you died for my sins, my imperfections. I believe that you rose from the dead as evidence that Father God accepted your death as payment for my sins, my imperfections. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, now say amen. If you said that prayer and you said it sincerely, amen, you are now a part of the family of God. You are now on a journey of grace that even on your worst days that God wants to respond to you with grace. Yes, there'll be days of correction. There'll be days of teaching. There'll be days of trying to uh, get you right on the ba back on the right path. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's all through his grace. It's all for your benefit. It's all to make you, hallelujah, into the person he always intended you to be. Amen. On this planet. Amen. So welcome to the family of God. Amen. <laughs> Please find a church home where they preach Jesus. And Jesus is the center of all they teach. Amen. You can certainly join us here on the Living Waters Christian Center's live uh, online service. Amen. Hallelujah. Or if you want to join us here in person. Amen. We are following the CDC guidelines. We are six feet apart except for those that live in the same household. We are taking temperatures. We are sanitizing the place. We have an overflow room. Amen. Hallelujah. We are doing things. We are following the guidelines that have been given to us. Amen. Because we want to keep everybody safe. Amen. So God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Take me to the offering slide, please. Hallelujah. Now, hallelujah, we need your help. Amen. If you would like the gospel to continue to be spread, to be shared week in and week out. Amen. We need your help. We really need your help. Amen. So please, if you feel uh, a leading from God to, to, to make an investment into the Living Waters Christian Center. Amen. To, to, to get, make a financial donation to the Living Waters Christian Center. Please follow that leading, amen, from God and do so. It's not for me to tell you how much to give, amen. I today, hallelujah, I am going to give an extra offering. We always give an offering every week and a tithe, amen. I'm giving an extra offering this week because there's some things I want to see from God. So this is not buying my blessing. This is not paying for a blessing. We have to see things as, uh, as, a, as, a, uh, as a farmer, amen. I'm sowing a seed into the ground and this seed will grow up, amen, and provide a blessing to me. Amen. So I'm planting a seed today. Amen. So, but let God lead you. Amen. What to give today. But I want the gospel message to continue. And I'm also sowing a seed into the ground. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not a manipulation of God. But this is following the principles of a farmer. Where I'm putting seed into the ground. And letting that seed grow into something beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if that's you. Amen. Please, ma'am. There's three ways. Ma'am, please, sir. There's three ways that you can make a contribution. Amen. One is uh, through our online website. Go to lwccgrace 
org forward slash donations and you can make an investment and donation a financial gift right there on the website amen hallelujah it'll walk you through it hallelujah and then give you a uh, record of how much you gave through an email uh, after you are complete with the trans transaction uh, amen hallelujah the second way is you can mail in a donation to L uh, to Living Waters Christian Center P.O. Box 115 Amityville New York 11701 once again, that's Living Waters Christian Center. You can send this offering to P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. The third way is you can come and join us here at 15 Omni Avenue, Amityville, New York. Hallelujah. And enjoy the service in person. We'd love to see you in a safe manner. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray over these offerings now. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for the seed we sow. We sow for the upkeep and expansion of your kingdom. We sow it, Lord God, that we might reap a 30-fold, a 60-fold, a 100-fold return. We thank you. Thank you for blessing us with this seed, Lord God. Have your way with our church. Have your way in the lives of those that are giving, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Continue to take them on their journey of grace and to their ultimate promised land in you, which is symbolized by your son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We thank you today. We praise you and we bless you because you do all things well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, thank you for giving. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for, hallelujah, being open to the word today. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll be back to next week at 1130 a.m. with another message from God. Enjoy your day. God bless you. And we will see you then. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.